Fred's Front Porch Podcast is made possible by Studio Stargazer. Alex Oliphant. Coralie Day with Scott Knight. Hermione Granger. Edith Keeler. And listeners like you. August 24, 2018. I had something of what must be described as an epiphany yesterday. Also, I quite nearly died. For me, the former is more important than the latter. The circumstances are neither unique nor terribly interesting in and of themselves, but they are worth relating in order to give context to what I learned. Yesterday, I was driving with my roommate, Rebecca, to complete our many errands. I could feel myself becoming squishy, which is how I feel when my blood sugar rises to dangerous levels. I pulled out my pump and took a bolus to get my blood sugar down. The day continued quite normally. At 1.50 p.m., I heard Rebecca yelling to her wife, Hillary, that Hillary was going to be late to work. I was napping, and I rolled over, and I went back to sleep. At right around 2.45 p.m., I woke up to find a man in a black shirt standing over my bed. I remember wondering if he was Mark Antony. More on that later. He was, in fact, a paramedic. My blood sugar, he told me, had dropped to 24. Normal blood sugar is considered to be between 80 and 120. My first reaction was embarrassment. I had put all these people out of their way for me. I was fine and I shouldn't have bothered them. I made a spectacle out of myself. My clothes were soaked through with my own sweat. I learned later that the girls had tried to wake me up so I could take Hillary to work. Nothing they did was working. Rebecca gave me some sort of chest compressions while she was waiting for the ambulance, and, she tells me, she got me to open my eyes enough to look at her and she saw fear in my eyes. I have no memory of that. And last night, I sent this text to my best friend, Stephanie. 
it's interesting to think that I could, in fact, have died today. Had I been living alone, or had the girls not been home, I would, in fact, have died today. And the thing is, that doesn't frighten me at all. I had no pain at all. I felt nothing wrong at all. There was no time at which I felt anything worse than tired, and I just fell asleep. If I am going to go, that would be the way I wanted to go. It occurred to me too tonight that I would have been unable to miss you, as I would be unaware of my absence. Finally, I concluded you might miss me, but that it would be of absolutely no value to me if I didn't wake up and see the guy in the black shirt standing over my bed. And if he had been Mark Antony, I think he could have given me the review I hoped to earn. I'm not alone in being moments from death. It occurs to me that we all are. And if you, listener, die, I will feel sad, and I will probably have something nice to say about you after you cease to be. So will many others. And those things will be of no value to you. And then I was struck again by Thornton Wilder. Oh, Mama, just look at me one minute as though you really saw me. Mama, 14 years have gone by. I'm dead. You're a grandmother, Mama. I married George Gibbs, Mama. Wally's dead, too. Mama, his appendix burst on a camping trip to North Conway. We felt just terrible about it. Don't you remember? But for just a moment now, we're all together. Mama, for just a moment, we're happy. Let's look at one another. Pause, looking desperate because she has received no answer. She speaks in a loud voice, forcing herself to not look at her mother. I can't. I can't go on. It goes so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. She breaks down sobbing. She looks around. I didn't realize all that was going on in life. And we never noticed. Take me back up the hill to my grave. But first, wait. One more look. Goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners. Mama and Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking. And Mama's sunflowers. And food. And coffee. And new ironed dresses. And hot baths. And sleeping. And waking up. Oh, Earth. You're too wonderful for anybody to realize you. She asks abruptly through her tears. Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? Every, every minute? 
I'm not afraid of death. Hamlet has explained that better than I can. There's a special providence in the fall of a sparrow. If it be now, tis not to come. If it be not to come, it will be now. If it be not now, yet it will come. The readiness is all. Since no man knows aught of what he leaves, what is to leave betimes? Let be. And I have spent some time reflecting on my life. I believe I have done more good than bad. I don't for a moment deny the bad I have done. There's more of it than I like to admit, but it's a part of me. I still believe the good outweighs it. I woke up this morning to this note from a former student. Hi, you most definitely don't remember me, but you were my fifth grade English teacher. I was in drama club and I played Hamlet in Hamlet the Play for your drama club. Anyways, I came across you on here and I just wanted to share how much you've inspired me in my education. Being in your class back in 2009 sparked an interest in writing and the arts that I haven't lost since. I don't know if you're still teaching, but thank you for being a different kind of teacher. And thank you for introducing me to some of the great passions of mine that I still hold dear and pursue to this day. Now that I'm married and three quarters through college, can I finally ask you what a nunnery is? Just kidding. I googled it the day you told us we couldn't ask you what that meant until we were in high school. That, in my mind, makes up for some of the more fucked up things I have done. It's not the only one of its kind I ever received, but I never would have read it had the girls been gone yesterday. I wouldn't be writing this today had they gone grocery shopping yesterday. I'm alive today because of a set of circumstances that allowed me to survive the diabetic coma into which I descended. I was more fortunate than a good friend of my nephew's who faced the same situation with no one to help. We lost him to diabetes a year or so ago. And I suppose I'm glad to be able to live another day. But I like to think Mark Antony would be okay with my life as it is. Since I was in high school. I have had a fantasy about the last five minutes of my life. Those minutes will obviously occur, though I have no way just now of knowing which minutes they will be. But when they come in my fantasy, Mark Antony appears next to me. He is aware of everything I have done from the moment I was a fertilized egg until the moment he appeared. And he has to review the record, and he must be able honestly and in an entirely unbiased way to say 
His life was gentle, and the elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up and say to all the world, this was a man. I think I have reached that point. The readiness is all. For what is left, it seems to me, I should spend more time noticing clocks ticking, friends existing and making me smile, and the physical and emotional experiences still available to me today. For those of you who shuffle off this mortal coil before I do, please know that I will miss you. For those of you who are here after I'm gone, please realize I won't miss you since, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. What then was my epiphany? There will be a time when I am no longer here, and I'm all right with that fact. I hope that all of you are here for at least as long as I am because I realize you matter. And I will miss your presence, no matter how small it may be, in my life. My pathway, like Mr. Data's, will miss your input. So, I wanted you to know how I felt, and I have just told you. If you're still listening to this, it's a fair guess that, in at least some small way, I love you. And I want you to know I'm glad you're a part of my life. You allow me to shine. shine, shine, shine. I need some hope I can't hold on to. Cause I'm about to lose my grip. I'm looking around to try to call you. How can I survive 
suppose I'm uniquely qualified <laughs> to speak on the topic of mortality because it's how we met. Um, Horace's final five was a death note. I've written several of my own. The album that I created, the only full album, Incendium, was what I used to score that piece. Horace's final five. If you haven't listened to it yet, shame on you should be put in the center of the museum in a big glass case under a spotlight because it created this new front porch because it created the new studio stargazer they were one and the same Fred didn't know it, but I composed that album as a suicide note so that I could leave something behind after I was gone. Something that might give people a little more context, let them know who I was, and to a degree, why I left 
why I made the decision to leave. Obviously, I didn't do it. That's why I'm here talking to you now. But struggling with the um, reality of mortality has been a big part of my journey. And I'm so glad that Fred came into my life at the perfect time. The perfect time. Not just for him, but for me. And he helped me first. I suppose I'll go raw for a little bit here. Uh, Fred is traveling at the moment. He is moving to California. So let's take a moment to thank his former students for taking him in and giving him a little spot. Thank you for carrying the torch. I want to use the rest of our time here to sample something from Horace's Final Five. If you haven't heard that yet, um, shame on you. <laughs> but even if you have, uh, it's nice to reflect on. We'll talk to you next week. While I'm alive, I hope that I can live a life such that I can have my one strange supernatural fantasy come out my way. In the last five minutes of my life, Mark Antony shows up at my bedside. I always have him kind of glowing, and he's clearly Marlon Brando. And he knows everything that I have done and all that has happened to me from the time I was a sperm racing toward the egg up until that very moment. And, in my fantasy, Mark Anthony can honestly and objectively reach the conclusion that his life was gentle and the elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up and say to all the world, this was a man. That's all I hope to be able to achieve. I feel like it would be enough. After that, death is a welcome companion. Horace Singleman's blog, April 26, 2019. Extended stay in Phoenix, Arizona, September 2nd. 2019, 314 AM. Horace experienced nothing. Sleep includes, from time to time at least, some sort of dreams. What dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil? Horace lacked awareness of his very existence. Dreams imply a form of consciousness. Consciousness hid in the nothingness. A voice flickered into existence. Horace's eyes might have opened. They might not have. They existed, though. Mark Antony floated over the bed on which Horace lay, dying. The entity appeared in every outward way to be Marlon Brando, playing Mark Anthony in the 1953 film version. But Horace knew it was Mark Anthony anyway. 
His voice came from everywhere at once. It was both booming and soothing. It echoed without pretense. He spoke the lines Horace had spent his life preparing to hear. This was the noblest Roman of them all. All the conspirators, save only he, did that they did in envy of great Caesar. He only, in a general honest thought, in common good to all, made one of them. His life was gentle, and the elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up and say to all the world, Stopped. There was a pause that seemed to stretch into eternity. Finally, he sighed in a distinctly disappointed fashion and said, I got nothing. Horace regained, or didn't, he couldn't be sure, consciousness. What do you mean? You didn't make the cut, Horace. I'm sorry. The elements aren't mixed properly. I can't call you a man. Oh, Horace blinked, or he did if his eyes were still functioning, which was by no means a settled issue. Well, that sucks. I thought I was doing pretty well. I was mostly proud of what I did. Antony shrugged. What can I tell you? Today in history, a life was saved. The same is true of any other day. But today it's worth celebrating. All the names we never learned because they never got written into the books, but we know they are there. September 6th. I'm almost certain the number of people, statistically, who could have died on this day, but didn't? Countless, like grains of sand on a beach. But with each one, each and every one, there was a reason why that person didn't die on that day. A friend or a family member, a medical professional, a doctor or a surgeon, or a stranger passing by who saw you sitting on a ledge and sat down next to you to let you know the very least.
you are not alone. If you value this work, please support it. Please know enough to know that we aren't taking ad dollars from anyone, ever, under any circumstances. But we want this content to exist. And I have a feeling that we includes you. So if you have a way to help, however small, please do it. A like, or a share, or a comment, or a rating and review. Don't underestimate the value of what you have to offer this show. Ask not what Fred's front porch can do for you, ask what you can do for our front porch. Yeah.